0: Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for October 21. My name is John Mason. Thank you for joining us. In his book, The Big Ego Trip, Glyn Harrison, Emeritus Professor of Psychiatry, University of Bristol, UK, writes to the way the self-esteem ideology has led to a culture of narcissism and entitlement. On almost any measure you care to mention, he observes, precision of terminology, evidence of beneficial effect, potential for harm, philosophical integrity, self-esteem ideology promised big but delivered small. It's time to turn back and set out on a different path. Dr. Harrison continues, I believe the Christian worldview provides the coherent narrative that we long for. Why would an eminent professor of psychiatry suggest this? What does Christianity offer? It's said today that in order to live life to the full, we need first to learn to love and forgive ourselves. But the Bible sees things very differently, as we learn from Genesis chapter 1. Confusion exists over Genesis because, influenced by a culture of science, we ask the wrong question. Genesis is not interested in the how of creation, rather it is concerned with the who and the what. The Bible narrative begins by telling us that God created all things and that everything has its origin and meaning in Him. Furthermore, we learn that God created men and women in His image. We are the glory of His work. And unlike other ancient creation accounts, we're not a final emanation created to serve the needs of the gods. Rather, God has ordered everything in such a way that under Him, we have the responsibility and joy of overseeing His creation. As C.S. Lewis puts it in his Narnia series, we are royalty. As rulers under God, we are expected to learn from Him, to trust Him, and to find our meaning and purpose. In him. However, as Genesis unfolds, we learn that the glorious hopes for humanity are dashed. In chapter 3, tragedy enters the scene of perfection and peace. Failing to follow God's command, men and women succumb to the temptations to be independent of God, to indulge their appetites, and to see themselves as God's. The innocent joy in their relationships with God and with one another is shattered. Tainted now by self-interest, we have a strange capacity for both good and evil. If we're honest, we know we deserve to be judged. The dread shadow of death now hovers over us all. But there is a ray of hope. Genesis chapter 3 holds out a clue, indicating that hopelessness and death need not be the end of our story. Many centuries later, a remarkable birth occurred. It's recorded by two witnesses, Matthew, a Jewish tax collector, and Luke, a non-Jewish physician. Astonishing though it is, both reveal that with the birth of Jesus, divinity came among us. The names the baby was given are significant. Jesus means God saves, and Emmanuel means God with us. Jewish and Roman historians of the time reference Jesus, but it is Matthew, Mark, Luke and John who fill out the details. Jesus' public ministry focuses on the kingdom or the rule of God. Jesus is unique in history, in the purity and integrity of his life, the power of his words, his compassion for the needy, and in his unexpected capitulation to the deceit of the Jewish authorities and the power of Rome. Yet it was through His death and resurrection that Jesus the Messiah opened the door to life in all its fullness for anyone who turns to Him in repentance and in faith. This is the Jesus whose counterintuitive Sermon on the Mount includes the Beatitudes that we are considering in this podcast series. The sixth Beatitude reads, Blessed are the pure in heart, For they will see God. Throughout the Bible, the word the heart speaks of who we are. Purity of heart is something God has always expected of his people. In Psalm 24, King David asks, Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? To which he had answered, Those who have clean hands and pure hearts who do not lift up their souls to what is false and do not swear deceitfully. God, the maker of heaven and earth, is holy. Indeed, when Isaiah, one of the great prophets, saw a vision of the heavenly throne room, he exclaimed, not wow, but rather, woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. And the prophet Jeremiah chillingly speaks of the human heart as being deceitful and desperately wicked, and Jesus concurs. Mark, in his gospel, records his words, It is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. How then can anyone be pure in heart? It's important to read Jesus' words in the context of all the Beatitudes. Purity of heart is not a work nor a legalistic piety that will open the door into God's presence. Rather, in the flow of the Beatitudes, we are blessed when we are aware of our spiritual bankruptcy, our need for salvation, when we weep over our sins and the sins of the world, when we hunger and thirst for righteousness and we turn to God in true, heartfelt repentance. Purity of heart, then, is the outworking of the salvation that Christ alone offers us and has achieved for us. The letter to the Hebrews says to believers, Make every effort to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. God now expects the hearts of His people to be pure. Ask yourself, what is it that I think about when I put away my phone? Do I let my mind linger on images that have tempted me? What dominates my private thoughts? To what extent is my true inner self expressed in my words and actions? Furthermore, how do I view myself? Where do I look for meaning and purpose? Do I crave self-esteem through self-help mantras or the praise of others? Or do I thank the Lord because He has adopted me as His son or daughter? Do I now pray for His grace to live with a pure heart, taught by His Word? While seeing God in all His glory is in the future for us, we can experience something of it now. For as we see and delight in the rightness of His ways, so our hearts will be drawn into a deeper love for Him. To know God is to have His Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord Jesus within us, the Spirit who assures us that we can call God Abba, Father. No wonder Glenn Harrison wrote that the Christian worldview provides the coherent narrative that we long for. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. O God, who by the leading of a star revealed your beloved Son to the Gentiles, mercifully grant that we, who know you by faith, may after this life enjoy the splendor of your glorious presence through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Catherine Jacob will now lead us in the Lord's Prayer.
1: Our Father in heaven,
0: Amen. Andrew Pearson will now lead us in further prayer. A prayer for
1: peace. God of the nations, whose kingdom rules over all, have mercy on our broken and divided world. Shed abroad your peace in the hearts of all people and banish from them the spirit that makes for conflict so that all races and people may learn to live as members of one family and in obedience to your laws. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. A prayer for everyone in need. O God, creator and preserver of all people, we humbly pray for all sorts and conditions of men and women, that you would be pleased to make your way known to them, your saving power among all nations. We commend to your fatherly goodness all who are in any way afflicted or distressed, with any kind of sickness or sorrow, anxiety, or need. Lord, we particularly pray for your comfort for those who are grieved by the loss of loved ones at this time. We pray for the ongoing research into a vaccine and cure for COVID-19. We also pray for the many who are out of work. Give wisdom and compassion to leaders, enabling them to facilitate an effective economic recovery and so provide opportunity for work for everyone. Lord, we also pray for those who are in physical, mental, or emotional danger at this time. Father, may it please you to comfort and relieve them according to their needs, giving them patience in their sufferings, and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. All this we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen
0: people involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, Andrew Pearson, the Dean and Senior Minister of the Cathedral Church of the Advent, Birmingham, Alabama, Catherine Jacob, a member of the Cathedral Ministry team, and music is from the Cathedral under the direction of Dr. Frederick Tierdu and Zachary Hicks. Prayers are drawn from an Australian prayer book, 1978, and the Bible readings are from the New Revised Standard Version. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment
1: about this podcast.